This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. If you had access to a car like this, would you take it back right away? Neither would I. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and get ready for a top five episode. Joe and OG are dialing up their favorite ways to help focus your money mindset on the right things. In our headlines, Carl Brower from IC Cars joins us to talk about mileage, which cars last the longest. We'll share. Plus, we'll throw out the Haven Lifeline to Lucky Stacking Benjamin's listener, Alex, who wants advice on whether he should sell or rent out his apartment. And then I'll share some halting trivia. And now, two guys who are double the fun. Definitely not double. It's just Joe and OG. That sucked. <laughs> like, I can't just double the fun. No, you're not even that, really. You, we are. We were okay. totally fun. Hey, everybody, welcome like to one the... and a half times the fun, maybe, on a good day. Welcome to the Wednesday Fun Day Show. I'm Joe Salcihi, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And by the way... We're going to have lots of fun today because we've had lots of people ask for it. It's actually one of the big things I think in OG in my wheelhouse. We're talking mindset today. We're going to talk about how getting yourself in the right frame can help you become a better investor, a better saver, a better person at work, better person in your personal life. So a lot of fun there. Before that, uh, Doug, as you so succinctly said, we're going to talk about cars because, OG, we haven't talked about cars in a while. It is Mr. OG, but I didn't even introduce you. I was just it's rolling okay. right into it, dude. I've been here for Mr. years. Mr. OG sitting across the card table from me. There he is. Yes. The sweet sounds of OG. How are you, man? The sultry. I don't know. I was, I was trying to think. I can't think of any other any other adjectives about myself other than sultry. The sultry. Maybe salty. The salty or sultry. Which one? Could be, Which one is it, guys? Why does that have to be either or? It could be both. Yeah. I'm a sultry, salty. I don't yes, know. I don't know. Well, you know what? Why don't you decide which one works for you while I do this? This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Is it maybe the dulcet tones? Is that what I would say? No, I don't know. That's me. Just play another one, Joe. Well, if you're new to Stacky Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. 
And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. All right, you got it now? I don't know. Still no. I'm just, just going to be me. <laughs> on tap, our top five. So we got a lot of good stuff to do. So sit back and relax and let's get things started. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our stacking Benjamin's headlines. It's been a while since we've talked cars here, OG. And if you remember, I think the last time we really talked about cars was all of the issues during the pandemic, right? Buying a new car during the pandemic was very difficult. Driving one through a living room wall, you know, little things like that. Sure. Seems like that's pretty easy though. Yeah. Easy peasy for some people. Yes. In the OG family to do. We uh, caught up with Carl Brower from iccars.com. Carl's a guy who we've talked to many times in the past. He brought so much good knowledge, OG, to our Instagram last week that I thought that we would replay pieces of that interview. So get ready for what's up with cars, which cars last the longest and what the best cars are for your money. Let's go. We're super happy we have him. The man from IC Cars is back. Carl Brower's here. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Enjoying the opportunity to speak with you, Joe, and your audience. Well, you guys mm-hmm. did a study recently about cars and longevity. Tell me exactly what you looked at at IC Cars around the longevity of cars. Yeah, we looked at uh, a whole lot of cars, hundreds of thousands, millions of cars, to see where their miles were at, where their odometers were at, at the point that they were transitioning, that they were transitioning ownership. And looking at that, you start to get a real good sense of which cars last the longest. And sure enough, you know, we we see that cars just last longer and longer. They've got longer and longer lifespans all the time. They're built pretty well. And if you're willing to take care of them and care for them, you can get some crazy numbers out of them. We're seeing cars that last, you know, it used to be 200,000 was an impressive number. Now we're getting closer to 300,000 for a certain amount of cars. 300,000 is fantastic. But this is super important. I feel like, you know, a lot of people that are in the market, especially for a used car, you know, they'll look at maybe 150,000 miles on a car and they'll discount it. But to your point, Mm -hmm. some of these cars on this list, you can look at 150,000 miles on a car, Carl, and you'll still get a lot of mileage out of that thing. Well, that was the whole point. You know, we did this study, Best Cars for the Money. And the idea was how much lifespan is left. And I'm looking at the list over here right now. and, And, you know, you've got something like a Chevrolet Impala, which as we all know, is a very common rental car. Uh, they do a lot of rental car service, but why would they be so popular in rental car agencies? Probably because they run for a long time with minimal cost to keep them going. That's our number one car on the list. And it's because its average price is around $9,700 and its remaining lifespan is 111,000 miles. Wow. Now, I think if you walked up to the average person and said, would you be willing to buy a $9,700 car? They'd probably be like, oh, I don't know. What am I getting? If you said, okay, what if you bought a $9,700 car and the remaining lifespan was very likely to be 111,000 more miles, not 111,000 total. That's how many more you're going to go after you spend your $9,700. I think a lot of people would find that compelling. We'll get to the vehicles that made your top five on the list. But before mm-hmm. we get to that, do you guys notice or did you look at, is there, a, is there a price difference? In other words, the ones that are on the top of this list, do they get mm-hmm. a higher resale value from people, do you find? So as an example, and I'll give away a little bit of your thunder here, ton of Toyotas mm-hmm. on this list. So if somebody's selling a used Toyota, are they getting a premium on their money when they sell that car versus somebody selling a brand that's not on it as much? 
They are. Toyotas, of course, have higher resale value. That's for sure. But notice how there's Toyotas on here, but there's not as many as there are on our, say, resale value list. And the tough part for Toyotas is because they have such higher resale value, you can't get them as cheaply. Oh. Remember, this, this list was a combination of how little can you spend for maximum life left. You could buy a lot of Toyotas that would have longer lifespans than the cars on our list, but you'd pay substantially more for them because they have longer lifespans. So these are essentially like the least amount you can pay for a car that still has a pretty healthy lifespan left on it versus buying one with a whole lot of life left, a Toyota, and having to spend a chunk more to get it. Gotcha. Well, what's funny is, Carl, I think I have a different list up than the one that you have. I've got cars mm-hmm. most likely to go over 250,000 miles is okay. Is, is, is the list that I'm looking at, but I'm actually more interested, I think, in, in your that list. One too. Yeah. So uh, we have both. So you're looking at longest lifespan. So those are just the cars with the longest possible lifespan. And Toyotas are all over that list, yes. as you note, because they're indestructible tanks and they just run forever. So yeah, that's, those are the cars that last the longest, but then there's the cars you can get the most life out of for the least amount of money. And that's the cars that were the best cars for the money, the best used cars for the money, meaning what you could pay the least amount and get the most miles still after paying a very small amount, relatively speaking. But we're not talking about both. That's where the Impala comes in right there. That's where the Impala comes in gotcha. because it's, again, it's it's a sub ten thousand dollar car that's got over a hundred thousand miles of life left on it, according to our studies. That's fabulous. What else makes the top five on that list best value? Sure, sure. So you've got the Toyota Prius number two, and it's right at thirteen eight. Let's call it fourteen, and it's got one hundred thirty thousand left. You got the Civic Coupe, which is twelve six, and it's got one hundred seventeen thousand left. And you got the Kia Sedona for ninety six hundred dollars, and it's got eighty seven thousand miles left. And then number five is a Toyota Avalon, $15,800. It's got 143,000 miles left on it, Joe. So you spend 158 wow. and you get 143,000 more miles after you've spent the 15.8. Okay. I've got a couple follow-up questions about a couple brands on there. Kia kind of surprises me because of the fact that in the past, it always seemed like a Kia was not, sorry, a Kia owner's. But, but you know, the, the knock on them was that those cars weren't put together as well. Are you increasingly seeing Kias on lists like this one? 100%. Yeah. So Kia and Hyundai, you know, they're, they're the same parent company, Hyundai Motor. Yeah. And they are both far more uh, capable cars of going a long distance because they're far higher quality over the past really like 10 to 12 years minimum, really longer than that. But certainly the past decade, if you told me you were buying a 2012 or later Hyundai or Kia product, I would think, okay, you're probably paying not as much as you would for a competing Honda or Toyota, and you're probably getting as much or more car, both in terms of long-term durability and in terms of features and content. So those two brands are very ascendant. You've seen them come up in the JD Power scores. They're getting better and better uh, uh, just opinions, and the resale values are coming up because it's it's a long process, as you know, to change yeah. the image of a brand. Good, you know, and especially going from bad to good. You can you can destroy a brand image much quicker than you can build one. But they have been doing such a good job for so long that uh, people are just starting to realize that these are great cars. It's actually funny. I've I, last year with my book tour, I did a ton of traveling, and so I'd have rental cars all the time. And to your point about the Impala, I had a lot of Kias. Now they think about it, so obviously the uh, uh, the car rental agencies are onto that onto that as well. Mm-hmm. My other follow up mm-hmm. was about the Prius. You know, there's a lot of people that go, eh, "What about that battery?" You know, that battery goes, and you need to replace that. But apparently, that's not the case. Yeah, there was a lot of concern, rightfully so, since people were very unfamiliar with hybrids 20 years ago when those cars first hit the market. But the truth is that we've seen really almost no incidents of early battery failure. And if anything, longer life out of those batteries than most people, myself included, would have predicted 20 years ago. Now, also remember that with hybrids in general, um, you get an eight-year, 100,000-mile warranty now with a lot of the battery packs in a lot of these cars and electric vehicles and even hybrid cars. You get these very good battery warranties. So people shouldn't have as much concern about battery components within cars, hybrids, and electric vehicles as they would normally because the track record's good and the warranty's good. Let's go over the other list that I brought up earlier, which is cars most likely sure. to be over 250,000 miles. We've got yes. uh, the Ford F-250 Super Duty is number five, but Ford, again, it seems like Ford trucks, Ford trucks are rocking the truck market, Kyle. Yeah. You know, people buy these vehicles for work purposes. There's a lot of commercial purchases, fleet purchases for Super Duty F-250s and above. And it's because they are built like tanks to run forever. So it's a, it's a very symbiotic relationship. 
Ford knows that people expect this out of them, and the people who buy them know that Ford knows they expect this out of them. So they engineer these vehicles with a lot of durability from the frame on up, and they just have a brand new redesigned uh, Super Duty now, and it's it's as impressive as ever. But these used Super Duties, you know, we have a percentage chance of getting to 250,000 miles, and as you noted, the 250 uh, F250 is number five, and it's got a 43% chance of getting to 250 plus thousand miles. And, and we're not saying it gets there and dies. We're saying that it's going to get there and probably be continuing to go, but it'll get there at 43% of the time. 43% of the time is just amazing. These numbers are, you know, to your point, like 20, 30 years ago, it's a whole different world now when it comes to cars. Then we've got yeah. the Toyota Sequoia, Toyota Tundra. So we're looking again at Toyota trucks then. Mm-hmm. Toyota Land Cruiser also there. And then Ford F-350 Super Duty. Seems like, uh, it seems like this list, it's really dominated by trucks and by the SUV market. Yeah. And there's two reasons, right? There's two reasons a car will last a long time or go to a high mileage, I should say. One is that it's durable and it's capable. And the other is that it's going to be used in a way to push it up to those miles, right? Uh, one of the jokes we make around the the, uh, the exciting data table at IC Cars, uh, where it's just a, a party a minute, as you know. But we'll, we'll make jokes about the fact that you don't see sports cars on this list. It's not because sports cars aren't capable of these kind of miles. It's that nobody's driving their sports car on the way they're <laughs> driving a three-row issue. Yeah, there are probably sports cars capable of 250,000 miles out there, but how many people are ever driving them in a way that would do that? Three-row SUVs, you're using it for everything. Road trips, you know, running around on a daily basis, kids to soccer, the whole thing, you're using that all the time. And then these super-duty, heavy-duty trucks, they're used in commercial purposes. They're used by companies that bought them, and the truck is a key component of how the company makes money. It makes runs, it delivers things, it runs around on a daily basis. So the use of these vehicles is as much or more a reflection of their mileage than the durability. So clearly the durability is there too, because they're lasting this long. You guys look at everything from uh, different paint schemes on cars, which I, I don't like that one to some of the, what, what do you think the craziest uh, thing is that you guys have looked at when it's come to cars? Well, I, I like that one because, you know, we'll do the paint color and how it affects depreciation. And when we do these lists, invariably something like yellow or orange has the lowest depreciation. And people rightfully say, Carl, how can yellow cars depreciate the least? I never see yellow cars. Nobody wants a yellow car. And I have to remind them, remember, this is not a reflection of the desire for these colors. It's a reflection of the desire for these colors against the supply of these colors, right? So with yellow, what would I say about yellow? How many people want a yellow car, Joe? Not that many. Almost, almost no many. How many yellow cars exist? Very almost few. none. So the few yellow cars that exist, there's enough buyers out there. They're like, oh, look, there's the yellow one. I've been searching. And they run out and they pay what it takes to get it. That's the thing. Whereas black and white, those cars are everywhere. And and guess what? A lot of people want those cars and there's plenty to supply them. So you're not having as much trouble with black, white, silver, gray, because they're everywhere. So they hold their value like in the middle. They don't drop in value because those colors, but they don't hold their value any better than some of these more bizarre colors because there's so many of them. Well, I think we learned something today. Don't love yellow cars. Like that's it. You're going to pay a premium if yellow is your favorite color, people. Yes. If only there were a website where you guys look at all things cars. Uh, yes. iccars.com. You guys have all kinds of studies that you do, all kinds of, you can search for uh, used cars for new cars. Tell everybody what you do. Yeah. I mean, the site of course has the dealer listings across the country. So if you're looking for a used or new vehicle, uh, it's very easy to filter on the characteristics you want in terms of year, make, model, miles, uh, MPG. You can filter on all these things and locate the car, how far away from your house it is or close in, in some cases, if you want to not have to go too far to get your car. So there's all the ways to shop for all the used cars out there. But then you've also got all the things we do here. We've got all these studies to help people understand, you know, why is resale value? Which cars have the best resale value? That's the most expensive part of ownership that car people don't think about. They, they think of what it costs to buy the car new, maybe with the insurance and gas costs. They don't realize that if one car loses 10% more of its resale value than the other, that car costs them a lot more money when they bought it new and then they went to get rid of it as a trade-in or sell it later. So we have all the resale value information, all the longest lasting information, and then a lot of uh, lists about you know best cars for, for road trips or best cars for gas mileage or best brand value. We have all these different lists there for people to look up. There's so much there. It's iccars.com. I'll link to it on our show notes page at stackybenjamins.com. Carl, thanks for helping us again. Do a great job of buying a car. I appreciate it. Absolutely, Joe. Fun being on with you. Not surprising, OG, to see Toyota all over that list. (laughs) If you want a car that's going to last a long time, buy a Toyota, period. Mm -hmm. Full stop. Ours is doing well. The thing that was, did it surprise you, though, that the Chevy Impala, the best car for the money? 
because you pay very little for it, but it still lasts uh, mm-hmm. a, a good amount of time. Yeah. And I, and I love his point of view there too, that if you see a car at a lot of rental agencies, rental agencies do their homework and they know cars that are going to take a beating and last a long time. And I got to say, there's a lot of impellas at the, at the rental agency. I like them. I think they look pretty cool. The new ones. What do you think about this shift? New car versus used car right now, OG? Like buy the new car because used car prices are still so high. Is that what you mean? Yeah. 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 Then the fact that uh, salespeople now are starting to sweat again. And as Carl said, in some areas, they're actually having trouble moving cars again for the first time in over two years. Well, I mean, mostly that has to do with the interest rates and yeah, people just being a little bit a little bit more cautious with their spending, high inflation and and that sort of thing. And interest rates, did I already say interest rates? Yeah. Are um are making Oh, so we're saying yeah, twice though. It's it's so nice. You say it twice. You know, affects affordability. I have noticed interest rates on cars, at least the advertised rates, are still below market rates. So they must be again, there must be something to that, just like he was saying, right? It's like we gotta yeah. reel them in somehow. Yes, absolutely. Big thanks to Carl. We will have more on cars tomorrow at the 201. By the way, if you want to get some of our most motivational videos and the 201, we've compiled over the last uh, 13 years, five of our most motivational get started videos. Today, we're going to be talking about mindset. Well, helping you get that mindset and take the first step might be just a kick in the butt from some of these experts. We've compiled five of them, stackingbenjamins.com slash motivate. And that also comes with a subscription to the 201. Of course, you can cancel that anytime if you want, but motivation is not just a one day thing. It's a marathon. And so to stay motivated, you can get the 201 every Tuesday, Thursday. If you just wanted to get the 201, stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. All right, coming up next, OG and I are going to be giving you our top five pieces of advice from experts. Who are the different experts that we like? What actually did they have to say about mindset and getting yourself to be a better saver, a better investor, a better worker, just somebody who thinks more critically? We're going to have our top five there next. But before that, Doug, I think you got some trivia for us. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And wow, are things getting expensive. I don't know if you've seen the price of pork rinds lately, but they are up there. Man, I might have to go down to two bags a day at these prices. I don't know how I can. Nothing goes with my green smoothie like some pea rinds. But I'm taking care of my health. Speaking of prices getting out of hand, on this day in history, something pretty big happened. With the costs of everyday goods skyrocketing like an Apollo mission rocket in this particular year, the sitting president took a stand. Get it? He was like sitting and he took a stand. <laughs> Too funny. Where was it? Um, oh, the sitting president wanted to stop the unacceptable rise in prices. So he implemented a 60 day price freeze across the U.S. My trivia question is which president, in a totally not crooked move, locked down prices on all goods? I'll be back right after I research how to make pork rinds from scratch. Sure, I've got some of the ingredients lying around here somewhere, right? Hey, Staggers, it's Military Appreciation Month. You know what that means. We are recognizing all of our stackers in the audience. My good friend Nords, Doug Nordman, who uh, some of you may know, he is a writer in personal finance. He's a guy I'd like to do a shout out to. He is such a giving member of the FIRE community, the Financial Independence Retire Early community. Uh, Nords will do anything for you. It's just, I think some of that comes from his time on a submarine, like my nephew Colin, who's on a submarine right now, and all the work that uh, he did there. Just a super giving member of the community. And you know what? Uh, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond, not this month, but every month. Navy Federal offers members only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Here's one of their offers in honor of Military Appreciation Month. Join and get $50 when you open a credit card. Of course, you want to have your whole debt strategy planned out, don't you? Don't just go open a credit card willy-nilly, as mom says. Uh, Here's a disclaimer. you got to join and open your membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st, so get on it, stackers. Annual percentage yield is a 0.25% for membership savings account, $5 minimum balance to open. Maintain your membership savings account to obtain the bonus. Visit NavyFederal.org for full terms and conditions. That's just one of the things 
They offer 24-7 help for their U.S.-based service members. They have resources all over the place. Head to NavyFederal.org for full terms, conditions, and other offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words... Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Hey there, stackers on Calorie Counter and Price Watcher, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. I'm glad to know I'm not the only one willing to do something about the cost of things I love going through the roof. So which president implemented a 60-day price freeze across the U.S. on all goods? It was Tricky Dicky himself, President Richard Nixon. And now it's time to talk about overcoming your limiting beliefs and building your money mindset strategies. Now back to two other tricky dicks, Joe and OG. Thanks, Doug. Hey, let's dive into this idea of mindset because OG, way back in the day, wealthy investors figured out one thing that was super important, which was if I buy a collection of different stocks, I can get the upside of some of those stocks and I can also mitigate my risk of, of downside. And that was a big aha, the evolution of the mutual fund. Well, obviously with a mutual fund, then OG, we found out that having a great money manager, we thought was the key to success and the better mind to manage that money, the better off we were going to be. We didn't want to manage it. We wanted to have, have somebody else do it who was in the market and knew what happened. And then The evolution after that was, of course, that indexing probably beat the good money manager and time after time usually does. As you've said in the past, you can beat the market, right? But you don't know who's going to beat it next year. So it's far better for the vast majority of us to, for 99.9% of us, not even vast majority, to use indexing as a core piece of our strategy. But I think what we found out lately, OG, is that behavior Really, right? With Richard Thaler winning the Nobel Prize and and all the discussion about behavior lately. I mean, isn't it true? Haven't we found out that behavior kind of supersedes all those things? You can have active management, you could have passive management, but if you get in there and play around, you're going to just mess it all up anyway. So who cares? Well, when you're thinking about investments in and of themselves, the biggest determinant to long-term investors' success is what happens when things don't go your way. Like, what do you do when it's not going the way you hoped or projected? And quite often that's, you know, that's the long-term impact of your plan is what did you do in 2022? What did you do in 2008? What did you do in 2001? Those bend points throughout your life are just tests. And I think it also is on the other side of it too. Like, what are you doing today? Are you going, well, I guess the only thing that goes up is only tech stocks that mention AI in their press releases or, or quarterly reports. So therefore, everything else is bonkers. That's the other side of that kind of fear and greed cycle. So staying the course is very hard. There's the other side of this equation, too, of stacking Benjamins, which is earning money. When you're in your earning years, certainly mindset plays a huge, huge part there, too. OG, how your relationships work, how you get along with people. Like, I think mindset is huge in that part of the equation. I might have some conversation about that in just a little bit. I want to begin this with a piece from Stanford University, which we'll link to in our show notes. Of course, we're going to deep dive on this uh, even more in our 201 newsletter. Your powerful, changeable mindset. And in this piece, Mia Primo speaks to a bunch of different people, but she says this, mindsets help you simplify. Your world gets a lot more simple if you focus on your mindset first. You don't have all this drilled 
you know, because of your lens of how you're looking at the world, that things get a lot simpler there. The second thing that she says is that it affects your worldview. And if you find yourself to be a pessimist versus an optimist can really change. But the, the neat thing about mindset is you can change your mindset. There's a lot of things about your life you can't change, but your mindset, you can completely change and study after study. I mean, think about atomic habits, right? Maybe we'll mention atomic habits here during this piece, whether we do or not, because I haven't seen OG's list. Atomic habits doesn't make mine, but it certainly is a place where you can go to get a lot of ideas about mindset uh, can always be changed. So some powerful stuff there. Do you want to go first or would you like me to go first? Uh, I don't care. Whatever. Rock, paper, scissors. Here we go. Rock, boom, paper, boom. scissors. Shoot. I didn't see what you did. Oh, we scissors. both scissored. Yeah. <laughs> that is a very uncomfortable motion for me to see. We can't see. What'd yeah, you do? Hold it up. Oh, he totally changed it as he was raising it <laughs> into the camera view. Cause he saw your rock change. All right, so that means you go you first. You heard me clap. That means you go I, first. All right, I don't know. I, I don't know if I understood the assignment correctly, just for the record. Well, that's my little asterisk. So let's have Steve play the number first. Number five. There we go. All right, number five. So I went through my library and uh, just grabbed a couple of books that jumped out at me and thumbed through them and found a couple things. So here's a book from, it's pretty old, by George Classen. Classen, is that how you say that? George Classen, The Richest Man yes. in Babylon. Oh, Who's yeah. Who's read this book? Okay. It's yellow, so I guess I've had it a long time. Uh, but in the very beginning, it's just a parable story about uh, making good decisions about money. In the very beginning, he uh, has a section in there that says, a part of all you earn is yours to keep. And I think um, uh, early on when you're, you know, you're just kind of starting your career and transitioning or transitioning to a different career or you get a pay raise or that sort of thing. I think we get so consumed with, let's just figure out a way to do the thing that I haven't done yet. I want to buy the house. I want to get the car. I want to, I finally graduated college. I've earned the ability to do this thing. And we figure out very quickly a way to spend all of our money. And if you think about it from the get-go, that a part of the money, and it doesn't even matter what part you choose, but a part of the money that you make needs to be yours to set aside for later. And, uh, and if you start with that early on, it's easy to compound that habit. And even if you don't compound it, if all you did was save 5% of your income for your entire life, you'll be in really great shape. This didn't make mine, but it certainly, I, I think, is a huge mindset to have. And I'll tell you that hearing that myself, knowing that when I was advising people and still crappy with money myself, that went nowhere. I mean, that, that idea, I'm like, great, I should do that. Yeah, I get it. I'll tell you the thing that's an add-on to that OG that also isn't on my list, but you made me remember was from Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Now, a lot of that book about like investing solely in small cap and penny stocks, eh, a little eye roll there. But the idea that that pile of money goes to work every day with a lunch pail and works alongside of me. And the bigger that pile of money is, the more money it brings home so that I can work less. That's the piece of what you're saying of that richest man in Babylon idea of, hey, keep some of your money around that totally spoke to me. It was pretty powerful. Yeah. I mean, I've said it's on, it's on a t-shirt and trademarked. My way of saying that is you want to have enough money that your money makes enough money so that you don't have to make money anymore. Yeah. That's the goal that we all have. My number five uh, comes from the strategic coach organization. And uh, if you want a, a warm referral into the strategic coach organization, just uh, DM OG or I, and we're happy to make an introduction for you. But from strategic coach OG, this is my number five. And that is the big aha I've gotten from them is most of us focus on our weaknesses to bring up our weaknesses. We look at our, our strengths and our weaknesses. We go, okay, I'm weak here. I'm weak here. I'm weak here. So if I work on those weaknesses, I will then become extraordinary. And nothing is less true than that because if we would have ever been anywhere close to competent with those weaknesses, we, we, we would have already done it already, right? By the time you get to whatever age you are that you're listening to this, it probably already is. It's going to be your Achilles heel for the rest of your life. So instead of that, you will get a lot more mileage out of focusing on your unique talent. And I have to say, OG, when I started bending my world, looking at all the things that are not my unique talent, and then getting rid of and shedding as many of those things that I'm not talented at, my life became better in a hurry. First of all, everything I do all day is stuff that I like, or most of the day, as you get better and better at it. 
That's the first thing. Second is you find far better results then because you're working on something that you appreciate, that you love, and that you're good at, and you get better at it even faster. So this idea of focusing not on your weaknesses, but on your talents and then delegate everything else out, understand what those things are. I remember we interviewed Steve Chu recently talking about being a great entrepreneur, like know a little bit about how they work. You don't know everything about everything, know a little bit about how they work, but then offshore it, find somebody else to do it. So that's my number five, focus on your strengths, your unique talent, not your weakness. I like it. Number four. My number four is uh, something that I've heard from a lot of a lot of different places, but I think we can probably go to uh, Jim Rohn for this one, the uh, the very popular motivational speaker, and he's done a lot of a lot of work. You also see this in Jim Collins' work from Good to Great. You see it. Tony Robbins talks about this. You know, it's funny, OG, is that if you hear some of these things one time, some of these mindset things one time. It can be this one person's kind of thing, but when you hear a lot of different experts talk about it, it probably is the truth. And that is this, be action oriented. I think if you make decisions faster, you're much more likely to get ahead. I'm going to have a caveat to this in a second. You cannot change without making decisions. 92% and right beats 100% and late almost every single time. If you get it mostly right, you're going to be the person who gets the job, gets the contract, gets the thing done, gets rewarded by your boss, whatever it might be. Now, the place where this doesn't work, the big caveat is obviously in investing. Investing is the one place where generally being a little more lazy, not in, not in your approach. In other words, I think you have to have a regimented approach, but having patience to sit and do nothing when everybody else thinks they have to move, I think that's the one place that's different than this. But when it comes to money, making money, certainly on that end, being action-oriented and just moving faster. You see this with comedians. There was a study done around comedians where comedians, most comedians are not actually funnier people. You think they're funnier, but it's usually because they crack more jokes per hour than the average person does. And you remember the funny stuff. They're just, they're just cracking them far more often. And once again, they probably get better because of the fact that they do it more often because it's their what they think is their unique talent. But that's my number so, four, action-oriented. So we're funnier. <laughs> we are. We, hopefully we're funnier. Well, I'll just dovetail a little bit on this. I'll take this a little bit out of order. So one of my favorite authors is Stephen Pressfield. He's written a number of business-related books and then some other books, uh, Gates of Thermopylae, which is what uh, the 300 movie was based on. He's written a recent book called Government Cheese. I have yet to kind of crack but some of the business books that he wrote, one of my favorite is called The War of Art. And um, this is a companion to that. It's called Do the Work. He writes, start before you're ready, which is kind of what you're saying. Don't prepare, begin. Remember, our enemy is not the lack of preparation. It's a difficult. It's not the difficulty of the project or the state of the marketplace or the emptiness of our bank account. The enemy is resistance. And, and resistance is his uh, name for the delay fish, the procrastination. So start before you're ready, basically, is kind of his his theory on this. And and when it comes to investing, to kind of take the opposite side of this, sometimes we focus on trying to find the best thing, right? What's the best plan to use? Should I do pre-tax or Roth? Should I, should I, I, I don't know, maybe I should run the analysis of, should I do the snowball method to pay off my debt or the avalanche method or, you know, like which one of these is the most optimal? It's like, well, write a check to a credit card. It doesn't matter which one at this yeah. moment, Right call your 401k provider and say, sign me up for 10%. Like it doesn't matter that it's going in pre-tax or Roth. That's a top of the pyramid decision. It's not the, you know, it's, it's your, your enemy right now is your procrastination. So get your button gear, which is kind of what you said. There. If you're new here, one, one uh, type of person OG and I complain about a lot is somebody who I've referred to as a broke professor, which is somebody who knows freaking everything and has done nothing. It's not about what you know, to your point. It's not about what you know. It's about to what you've point. actually done. To your to point. our point. To, duh. to your point. No, to our point. To my uh, point. That's your number four. Let's go to number three. Number three. I think you're up again, man. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. My, uh, my number three is just a quote from uh, John Templeton. You know it well. This time is different as the most costly four words in market history. <laughs> Are you about to say that that's on your list too? <laughs> No, it's not on my list, but I love that. I just, I don't know. Every time I hear that, I think that's great. 
Yeah. That's fantastic. And yeah. we think about this with market fluctuations and that sort of stuff. It's like, well, no, no, you don't understand. This time inflation is high and we have high employment. And that means it's like, no, no, it's not different. It's not different. You know, the Beatles sang about this. <laughs> There's nothing new under the sun, right? I mean, it's just, there is nothing new and everything may have a different kind of tempo to it, but it rhymes with everything else. So when you're investing, when you're thinking about your investing, if you're trying to trying to base your investing decision on something that's like, well, but this time's different, you're going to find out in 10 or 15 years from now that it was just a little blip on the radar screen. The only thing that hasn't changed is the long-term efficacy of owning companies. That's been true for as long as people have been alive. The people who own the companies are the ones who are successful. Keep doing that. I think about all the downturns, OG, during my lifetime. 1987, it was going to go down and it wasn't going to come back. And it went down and came back within a matter of a couple days, right? It was going to go down, wasn't going to come back. 19, 1999, early 2000, the 2000 downturn, right? Oh, this 91 is 91 recession in nine, for, for Desert Storm, the 97 long-term capital management, hedge fund collapse. You know, that was, that was different, right? You know, never before had that happened. You know, <laughs> the uh, Japanese, uh, you know, Asian markets have, have, you know, that's never gone down before like that. 2000, like you said, terrorism. 2000, uh, what was that? Profits don't matter, right? Profits don't matter. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. We're never yeah. going to go and, to another store again. Uh, 2007, 2008, who needs underwriting property? That's not, not making, making any more land. So, yeah. so we don't need these underwriting standards. We can package all the crap together and just sell it to other people and somehow it'll all work out. Yeah. And then, uh, obviously for better or worse than lots and lots of stimulus into the economy and then prices go through the roof. Uh, that's weird. Everybody has a lot of money. Price goes through the roof. I believe that's in every college economic textbook yeah. that that happens. Yep. I love that one. My number three is just a general worldview one OG, which, you know, I find myself defending against all the time. And I, and I feel like though, um, so many of us, especially in online culture, we get caught in this. We all find we spend a lot of time defending our point of view and why we're right. I am right and my point of view is right. And you guys can all go to hell and let me spend time screaming over you to tell you why I'm right and you're wrong. And what I love, and this comes from a book from uh, Carol Dweck that also uh, the CEO of uh, Microsoft absolutely loves, uh, is taking the opposite approach. And the opposite approach is instead of defending your point of view, ask, where am I wrong? And I love this, OG, especially for financial planning, because as we're thinking about our financial plan, every plan has an Achilles heel. Every single one has an Achilles heel. And how often have we been laser focused on all the upside, all the optimism, all the things that can go right? And if we spend just a little time thinking about where might I be stepping in it? we can then have a much more thorough analysis of the world. And it actually, frankly, I find when I can keep myself in a growth mindset, I think it's a more fun way to live too. And this list isn't about fun. I think it's about hacking right into, into these better places, but it certainly is more fun. I think to, to ask, where am I wrong? Because then you're inquisitive. Then you're looking for more answers. You're open to the possibilities of what else might be out there that you don't know. And uh, you're looking then also to build bridges with people who think differently than me. I, I think that's a great place to be. So my number three is uh, having a growth mindset. One of the steps of our financial planning process, the last step of kind of our initial onboarding is what we call the responsibility game plan. And basically it's the, what happens if all this goes wrong? Like let's do the what if scenarios in advance while you have relatively sound mind. You know, it's very difficult to make good financial decisions when you have the stress of the event happening, right? Like what happens if I have a partner who passes away and now all this stuff is going on in my life and the mortgage is due? Let's think about how do we structure that today because, you know, you're not dealing with that. Or what happens if we're planning for Social Security, but they change it and now I only get 70 cents on the dollar or I don't get it until I'm 72 instead of 67 like I was planning. It's a lot easier to have those kind of thought up and penciled out on the shelf in advance than it is to try to execute that in the moment. What's your number three? I already did my number three. Oh, you you're did. on your number two. I'm on my number already. Uh, Steve, we need the dude. Number two. Thank you, Steve. 
You know, it's funny. There, there are some things though about worldview that you've thought all along, but somebody else packages it up much better than you ever, ever could. But I realized as I read this guy's work that this has always been something that I have believed. It's the way that I generally work and think. And I think that it is will help uh, so many of us when it comes mindset-wise. And that is Austin Kleon's idea of steal like an artist, which I don't think anybody should be shocked that I've got that on my list. Because if you've listened to the show for a while, you know how much I love that. We think of ourselves as not creative. We think of ourselves as boring. And if you just take stuff that you like, stuff that you appreciate, and you make that yours, this best in class stuff, and you pay homage to it, you don't out and out steal it. You pay homage to it. You tell everybody where you got it, but then you make it your own. That is how the most creative people around us work. But it doesn't have to always be creative. As an example, you know, my budget meeting, OG, which I think, you know, there's so many people that attribute this weekly budget meeting, the short budget meeting specifically to me. Well, that all started with that whole thing was stealing like an artist. The best budget simply is communication. I wasn't the first person to have that thought, right? Having a budget makes sense. The best budget being communication with other people and saying it out loud. So many studies show that the fact that shorter beats longer and communicating more often makes sense. I mean, study after study shows these things. That whole idea of the 20 minute weekly budget meeting is steal like an artist. So if you see somebody with a fantastic financial plan, Stephen Covey said this very well. I love this quote. Your systems are perfectly designed to reflect the results you're getting. So you don't think you're getting good results? Mm-hmm. Your system is perfectly designed for crappy results. Look at somebody who's knocking it out of the park, doing a great job of something that you think you're not, and then steal it like an artist. That's my number two. Sweet. My number two comes from uh, just a concept that uh, Morgan Housel wrote about in his book, The Psychology of Money, where he talks about compounding. And uh, the headline of, of the chapter, he says, 81 and a half billion of Warren Buffett's 84 and a half billion net worth came after his 65th birthday. And I know that that number is even lower if you go back to his 50th birthday. I think his net worth at the time was about 60 million. And uh, Morgan's point here is, is that we just can't comprehend the power of compounding. When we look at our investment plan or we look at the impact of saving $100 a month or $300 a month or you know maxing out our 401k, it's hard to look at that and say, there's no way I'm going to have enough $20,000 a year for the next 20 years going in my retirement plan. It's only 40 grand, 400 grand. I mean, like, how am I going to get there? It's like the power of compounding is so hard for our brains to understand. And we've you know mentioned different things to think about, but um, you know, I'll, I'll just give you one example that I think is just mind-boggling. You know, if you take a piece of paper and you fold it in half, the paper is now twice as thick, right? And if you fold it in half again, it's now twice as thick again. And so you can kind of keep doing that. Well, there's some theory that you can't fold a piece of paper more than seven times, you know, without breaking it. But let's assume that you could keep unfolding it in half until you folded it in half a hundred times. And so it's like really, really, really tiny, but really thick, right? And so the question is, is how big is it? How tall is this piece of paper that you folded in half? And, you know, we just can't wrap our minds around the fact that it's the same distance as it is from here to the sun. That's incredible. I thought it was here to the moon, but it's here to the sun. I think it's 93 million miles thick, basically, which is about the sun. So, Well, which would be bad, by the way, because then your paper catches on fire. And then it catches on fire, and then it's like like a fuse. It's like an Acme video. Like the earth is like the bomb, and there's like one (laughs) fuse to the sun. You know, and it's kind of going down. My bad. And whether it's the moon or the sun or the sky or the height of an airliner or something like that, it doesn't matter. It's like one single thing that we have a real hard time wrapping our minds around. And compounding, you have to understand that the number one feature of investing is to not let, not get in the way of compounding. So don't, don't get in the way of it. Which actually leads to uh, my number one. And I know that I think you're supposed to be up next, but if I can just dovetail, let's do. You ready with your number one? Sure. Number one. I'm only going to step in here, OG, because I think mine, mine goes right there. I believe my number one piece to improve your mindset is to think this way. And there's a couple different ways to think about this. The old way from way, way, way back uh, Sun Tzu, the art of war is the best battles. The one that's never fought. Uh, I strongly 
believe that, which talks to preparation and how do we get ready for things. And the best way to get ready for it, I believe, is something we heard much more recently uh, from an author, which is to begin with the end in mind. And something that I, of course, have talked about a lot is this idea of timelining. But when you begin with the end in mind, then your money sits where it is and other objectives don't get in the way. Because what's what's one of the things that happen to us all the time, OG, that stops that compounding process that you're talking about? We decide that, hey, I'm going to use it for something else. I don't have no idea what the money's there for anyway. I'm just investing it because I heard it was a good thing to invest in. Mm-hmm. If we begin with the goal in mind, the money's going to sit there until I need it for that thing. The important thing about this process is defining your values first, starting off with what is it that I truly think is important, and then the money sits until I need to take it out. And if I don't need to take it out, then it sits there for a long period of time. And that mindset, I believe, helps you get the patience to be active in a lot of other areas like you and I spoke about and to leave your money and sit alone and let it be there for the whole growing season. So that's that's mine, a combo. The best battle is the one that's never fought and uh, beginning with the end of mine, which I think go together. You, you, you hit us with a combo plan, huh? I did. Right, left. All right. Okay. Here's the big one. This is it. This one's off the uh, deep in this shelf. So uh, I love this um, investor, entrepreneur, thinker. His name is Naval Doug? Ravikant. Oh. No, <laughs> oh. it's not Doug. Um, Naval. Sure. Sadly, we're not able to quote any Dugs today. What? No. But you were talking about, um, you know, relationships and and investing and that sort of thing. And and Naval talks about playing long term games with long term people. He says all all the returns in life, whether in wealth, relationships, or knowledge, come from compound interest. And you know, kind of like you said, dovetailing into the second one that I had, which was about compound interest or compound returns. And you think about like all of the effort that it takes to build a good relationship with your spouse or all the effort that it takes to build a good relationship in the community or, you know, your, your status in your field or whatever the case may be, it's all built on top of other things. You can't build your reputation in, you know, an overnight transaction, right? It's built over a sequence of decisions and a sequence of time and events. And if you're constantly surrounding yourself by people who are limiting all of that, who are not thinking the long game, who are not challenging you or not, not willing to play the long game with you, so to speak, you're going to be doing simple things and you want to be doing compound things, whether it's compounding your money, compounding your thinking, compounding your career, compounding your relationships. And that takes a different set of people than sometimes the people that are around us. You know, and it's a thing that we have to really work on, I think, to recognize when you're in those environments. It's not saying that you ha- you have to get rid of all of your non-compounding relationships. It's not that at all, but recognize they're there for a different purpose. Well, and I feel like the more you focus on compounding relationships, the more the others just atrophy, you know? You don't have to go to your friend and go, I don't think this is compounding. So we're, 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 we're like, hey. bye. <laughs> you don't have to do that. But the more time you spend one in, in one area, you just don't have time for everything. So focusing on spending your time in those areas where where you're growing, I think is huge. And what's funny is I've never heard that OG from Naval. However, the older I get, the more I think that's a piece of uh, successful planning that we don't talk about enough. Because there is a piece of my financial independence that is completely wrapped around. I feel so very lucky that if bad things happen to me, there's enough people that care about me that they would have my back and they would help me get back up. And I think about how lucky I am to have those relationships. And don't get me wrong, part of it is that I work hard on those. But also, you know, I mean, I'm, I was able to find a lot of those people. But I feel like we don't invest enough time in those compounding relationships. So that's that's a powerful number one. I didn't expect that one as number I one. I know. The Almanac of Naval Ravikant. You can get it on uh, Amazon. It's basically just like all of his podcasts transcribed. <laughs> <laughs> which which, which, which we is have cool. 67 million pages if we transcribed ours. Well, it's, it's, on the, it's on the agenda, Joe. Should be We're compounding should be the business. It's coming. Yes. That was our top fives. I got to say, I love where he came from with those top fives. I think you said that you didn't understand the, the message, but I think, you, I think you got it. Sweet. Nice work. We will have 
all of those links in our show notes to all of those books as well. By the way, we do have an Amazon affiliate link. So if you want to help out the part online, please click through to us and buy them through us. It won't cost you any more. And you'll also help the podcast. Certainly not a reason for doing this. I actually thought of that OG right now while we were while we were talking. We'll also dive deeper into these topics, of course, into the 201, like Kevin Bailey always does. Uh, you'll have this complete list there with uh, even more commentary. StackyBenjamins.com slash 201. I think that's going to do it for today, guys. We will be back with the Haven Lifeline again next Monday. Uh, but we ran out of time. I feel like saying, Doug, uh, Matt Damon, sorry, we ran out of time. No time for you, Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> for a while. We, did we do that with Dave Ramsey for a while at the beginning? Of the, sorry, we did. Dave yes. Ramsey. We've done it. And that. Susie Orman, too. I think <laughs> we, we might have done, we done should, that with her a little bit, too. We, we might want to get back to that. Well, we're not doing the shout out, but shouldn't we say Haven Life like six times so they at least get their... They're due. Well, to do so many, but I think we already fulfilled that. We said Haven Life without even, uh, without doing it. We could say, go to stackybenjamins.com slash Haven Life to get your life insurance needs met now. How about that? And that's, that's a freebie for Haven Life right there. Maybe. Is that good, You're Doug? welcome. Is that good? Yes. All right. Let's take a look at the community calendar tomorrow. Uh, Crystal Hammond and I are going to be on Instagram talking all things real estate. She's the host of our Stacking Deeds sister podcast. It's always fun to talk to Crystal. Crystal also, by the way, has a brand called So So Fabulous, where she designs clothing. And if so, if you're interested in designing your own clothes as part of your financial independence, Crystal can even talk about this. This will be a very chatty one. I know lately we've done a lot of Instagrams lately where I'm doing interviews for the show. So we're not as chatty, but this is going to be Crystal, you and me chatting about whatever is on your mind, but certainly real estate, designing clothes and all things me? Crystal Hammond. You, OG, who's you listening? I'm pointing at the person listening. Oh, you don't mean me. Yes. I'm not going to be there talking about fashion design. Well, you can be. Just show up Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Oh, I've got ideas. That is tomorrow afternoon. Ideas. Yes. For all the other places where we may be, go to our welcome guide, stackingbenjamins.com slash welcome for all of our social media channels. All right. If you're not here to hang out with us and talk about designing your own clothes, you're here because... You need a better mindset. You need somebody to remind you of that mindset and somebody to be in your corner going, you know what? You might be stepping in it. And OG and his team, they do that with a lot of people and they're taking new clients. So head to stackybedjamins.com slash OG. That sets up a free first meeting with OG and his team to see if they might be a great fit to make your decision-making and your mindset decisions better. All right. That is it for today, except this. Man, 10 takeaways and even more than that in our top fives, but also the Carl Brower stuff. Not sure how you're going to pick, Doug. What are our top three today? What should we have learned? Well, Joe, first, take some advice from you two guys. Like powering through a whole bag of pork rinds in 30 minutes flat, most of financial planning is mental. Put yourself in the right headspace to win with your money. Second, take some advice from Carl Brower from IC Cars and be vigilant when buying a car. Looking for a better deal? Check out the mileage history of different makes and models before writing that big check. But the big lesson? Turns out, pork rinds aren't everyone's idea of a superfood. Jokes are on them, though. They're extra delicious, 7% all-natural, and almost never contain more than two cups of salt per serving. Thanks to Carl Brower from IC Cars for joining us today. You can find out more about all things cars at iccars.com. We'll also include links in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. And special thanks to Dave Ramsey for dropping by the basement. Unfortunately, Dave, we weren't able to get you on the mic this episode, but hopefully soon. Stick around. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2023, and is created by Joe Salcihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. This show was written by Lacey Langford, who's also the host of the Military Money Show, with help from me, Joe, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. Kevin Bailey helps us take a deeper dive into all the topics covered on each episode in our newsletter called The 201. You'll find the 411 on all things money at the 201. Just visit stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. 
Tina Eichenberg makes the video version of this show. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude and Kate Yunkin are our social media coordinators, and Gertrude is the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So, say hello when you see us posting online. To join all the basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com slash basement. Not only should you not take advice from these nerds, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at the Stacking Benjamin Show. Guys, I'm thinking about an investment. When we moved to Texarkana, we have, we have a little bit of room. And uh, I just found out that Home Depot is selling this little prefab house. Have you, you, you're, you're nodding your head, Doug. Yeah, the tiny house that they're selling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is brand new tiny house that they're selling. It is very small. But I'm thinking, number one, here's the deal. When we moved, we moved to Texarkana, I have trouble having game night with my friends because our, our house is all almost all hardwood floors and it echoes. And a couple of times we've done it. Cheryl's been great. And she's like, yeah, I got to stay up till 1 a.m. with you guys. Uh, thanks. Oh. That was great. So obviously out of respect to her, I don't want to do that. So we talked about that, but we also talked about separate recording studio, right? Getting this out of mom's house. And maybe having maybe having our own place to record. Joe wants a she shed. I was just gonna say that. Damn it, you <laughs> took it right out. I was waiting for him politely to stop, and I was but gonna say, also, "So you want a she shed?" <laughs> but we could also Airbnb it, right? No, no. Devin Carroll, Devin Carroll Airbnbs three houses in Texarkana because everybody drives to the state line on their road trips. His houses are full whenever he wants them full. So this thing, number one, pays for itself. Number two is a place for me to have game nights. Number three, we can take the recording equipment out there and have our uh, have our separate. Studio. I do not want to be an investor in this business model. No, 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 no. Why not? But, but you can. Why not? No, no, it sounds great. You should. What's wrong? What's wrong with it? Buying a she shed in your backyard for sixteen thousand dollars. It's in my side. Sixteen grand. Sixteen. No, it's forty. It's forty three thousand dollars. Oh, well, there's geez. several. If you go to the no, 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 they've got a ton of them. If you go to the oh, do they? Website. No, no, no. I'm not looking at that one. I'm looking at the one that's forty three thousand. Now that's not the real price. You still have to lay a slab. You still have to get oh, the yeah. plumbing in there. You still you gotta, have to put yeah. in. You you, you got to do all the stuff. I mean, it just comes with the prefab deal. Right. I'd build a pool. I'm looking at the forty three thousand one. So the getaway pad, five hundred and forty square feet. It's got a bed. That's the one with the, the roof deck. That's yeah. the one I'm looking at is the roof deck one. 43,832 uh, is the cost on that. That seems pretty spendy to me. And without doing all, any of the infrastructure work, you can get one. I for, think you come in at a, I, I think you come in by the way at a hundred grand. I think you come in at a hundred thousand dollars. I don't think you're going to spend 60 and I mean, maybe by the time you're done furnishing it and, and that's literally every last single dime, but you're not going to spend another 55 grand on. So on why that, would you think. not do that in Airbnb it? If I bought, when I bought this house, it, it just happened to, I mean, it came with because people that don't weirdos like me living in your backyard. See, see, that is, it's so funny. The number of people that do that, do this. You stuff. have no retort. You realize, <laughs> Oh, that's with just, no, no. You just get freaked out about seeing anybody that you don't know. Very true. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. 
There's a reason I have a fence around my yard. Yeah, people are weird. Stay out. They're, they're, Beware of dogs. So that's your primary reason for not wanting to do it, is having somebody in the vacant lot next to me that could, by the way, be a lot with a house. It's further away. That place would be further away than OG, your neighbor. It'd be further away than your neighbor. Doug is in the middle of nowhere now. So, Doug, it wouldn't be. But in your old There's neighborhood, it'd be- that I it, don't have weirdos living- 80 feet away from me. It would be, it's not 80 feet. It still is down the hill. There's a spot for a whole different driveway and everything. Do it. Different zip code. You don't have to sell us on it. I'm not selling you on it. I'm asking Unless you're asking for investors. Don't do it if if you want to be murdered by somebody strange that's (laughs) living in your backyard. I am just wondering what's wrong with this. It's a 'er ne'er-do-well passing through Texarkana. A 'er ne'er-do-well. How often does he do well? (laughs) 'er. 'er. Ne'er. Outside of the fact that we don't like people. Oh, I like people from a distance. I mean, so far, that's it. Oh, nah, nah. I've seen that uh, weirdos at Walmart uh, meme. All right. Well, you guys keep chatting about this. My Jimmy Jones is here, and OG's hungry, there angry actually. All right. Thanks for the help, guys. Yeah, he wasn't as chipper as he was this morning. <laughs> angry. See you. Bye. Not at all. Bye. Well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend OG, who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.